Without further ado! That's what the game's all about. All of a sudden you feel like you can't miss. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Buckets, the fantasy basketball podcast here on the Action Network. I'm your host, Dan Titus, and I'm joined with my co-host, as usual, Adam Koffler. Happy New Year, everyone, first and foremost. And uh, we got some hoops to talk about today. A lot of really good basketball going on in general. Uh, we saw LeBron James just continuing to dominate at age 37. DeMar DeRozan doing some special things. We'll talk about some waiver wire stuff as well as uh, some some schedule considerations that you'll want to make heading into week 12 here. So let's just get into it, Koffler. Um, first off, I want to talk about DeMar DeRozan and uh, how crazy he's been. He hit consecutive buzzer beaters on Friday and Saturday night, and it looks like he's in the midst of the best season he's had since the 2016-2017 season where he was All-NBA third team. He also got us an All-NBA nod for second team the year after that, but I mean, from a fantasy perspective, currently 22nd overall in nine cat head-to-head leagues in Yahoo. I don't see any reason this guy's going to take his foot off the gas here. We talked about it earlier in the season. You thought he was a sell high, but uh, man, he is just phenomenal right now. Imagine listening to any idiot telling you that he's a sell high. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And that, you, have, that was, you, you have other good us. calls, though, so it's all good. <laughs> yeah, I was, lead, I was leading the hype train on that. I, I, I didn't think for a second that he'd continue what he's doing, but you know, new opportunity, new environment. Seems like a completely refreshed player there in Chicago. And he's just, you know, in tandem with Zach Levine. And, and uh, I mean, Vucevic, too, he's, he's doing his thing. Obviously, he's a little bit down this season. But, yeah, man, DeRozan, DeRozan definitely here to stay and, you know, ride the wave with him. Surprisingly, he leads the league in two-point field goals this year. Always. Crazy. That's, that's, it. Yeah. that's his thing. That's his thing. And that, that's why I was fading him because like, I just didn't, I didn't see a, a you know, a path to him shooting 50% and the, uh, and not giving you value three pointers. So I yeah. wasn't interested. Yeah. It's still not really hitting three pointers, only 0.8 per game, but he's shooting a career best 37%. So even though he's making those slight changes and improvements, uh, still not a three point shooter, but he doesn't have to be, man. He is the mid range assassin. Like John um, Morant, John Morant upped his three, <laughs> three point shooting percentage to 40% after shooting like what's he like 30% career three-point shooter before this. He just all of a sudden became a great shooter. Uh we see LeBron like getting yeah. better at the three-point shot. It's just it's it's something that a lot of guys like are working on the offseason because th- that's that's that's, that's the game now. bread and butter. Like that's the and that's the game exactly. Yeah. Like you might as uh, well. So you mentioned it for a second there. LeBron James, man, he's just reeled off seven straight 30-point games. Averaging 36, 11, 6, three stocks, shooting 57, 42, and 79 shooting splits. He is now officially the number one player in Yahoo nine cat head to head leagues. We did not see this coming. However, <laughs> I'll take I'll take the credit on this call. I don't know. A month ago, a month and a half ago, we called him a buy low, right? Yeah. Coming out coming out of the, coming off the injury. Mm-hmm. So um, hopefully you were able to do that, but I mean, he's this dude's averaging like it is in the last week. He's averaging like 38, six and 12. something. Dude, dude it's wild. Only it like him. Stand. He's like in rare territory where like only Carl Malone and like, it's either Will Chamberlain or Kareem Abdul-Jabbar have scored 40 points and 10 rebounds after the age of 37. What he's doing 
we can ease. I think we can say, I mean, we both grew up in the goat era of Michael Jordan and, and the constant debate of him and LeBron, but like, I don't think there's been many athletes that have sustained their dominance over the course of their career. Like LeBron James, it's like him and Tom Brady at this point. Right. Yeah. He's Jerry not, Rice. Yeah. He's not falling off at all. I, I don't, I don't understand how a guy is 37 years old can play 37 minutes per game. Maybe he's just doing it because he turned 37. He's like, yo coach, 37, 37 minutes a game. Like, just, just keep me out there. He did say in the beginning of the season that he's, he plays better with more minutes. Right. So we should have like, we should have taken that information and be like, yeah, like this dude, like if he's playing, like he's going to play a lot. And now right. obviously he needs to carry the team with AD not there because Russell Westbrook certainly can't do that. And the Lakers at the end of the day, trying to get into the playoffs. So dude, the Lakers look awful right now. So, I mean, it's, it's going to have to, t- this is what I don't think what uh, LeBron wanted to work this hard. At 37, but he has to because AD, MIA, Russell Westbrook, inconsistent. Like, he's going to be a beast just by nature of it, just because there's literally no one else that can help him do it. Crazy. Yeah, I, I wonder if the Lakers make a trade at the deadline. Wouldn't be surprised at this point. Yeah. You know? Um, so, speaking of uh, p- potential trades here, Houston Rockets. Looks like we got a problem in Houston. KPJ's getting thro- uh, throwing stuff at John Lucas. Christian Wood pulls a Scotty Pippen, doesn't want to re-enter the game. This looks like a mess. We know KPJ's history of off-the-court issues. I just got an alert. Armani Brooks is in the health and safety protocol, so that probably helps KPJ, um, just being that the Rockets need some kind of a point guard here. But, I mean, you got to feel like there's going to be some disciplinary action for KPJ here coming up. As you're talking, I'm, I'm actually really pissed off because uh, I just – 10 minutes ago, dropped Josh Chris, who's, <laughs> who's now, who's now, who's got four games next week. And with KPJ facing disciplinary action and Armani Brooks in the protocols, Josh yeah. Chris probably steps into the starting five. So he probably does. Yeah. This is, this is the, this is the kind of shit that happens that you have to deal with, uh, unfortunately. Sure. But I mean, yeah, jo- I, Josh Chris looks like a good, a good ad right now for this week. Yeah. I mean, KPJ, though, like, I mean, I'm wondering what you even do with him. He's currently ranked 307 right now. He's missed 15 games for the Rockets. His minutes are down since his thigh injury that he sustained in November. We already, we already know about his history of poor shooting and turnover problems. To me, this is just the next thing to make you either drop him, trade him, whatever it's got to, whatever you got to do, man. It just doesn't look good for KPJ let's, right now. Let's see what he does this week. If he plays on the four games, uh, especially with Armani Brooks out, they probably need some more backcourt uh, guys like KPJ. So yeah, uh, hold hold them this week. See see what happens and 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 go from there. But I was never on KPJ to begin with with the the poor shooting and the, and the turnovers. So, um, if if you're listening to this show, you probably don't have them anyway. Yeah, exactly. Um, the other side of that, Christian Wood didn't want to sub back in the second half after being called out by John Lucas. Read an article by Tim McMahon of ESPN saying that apparently ever, ever since the beginning of the season, John Lucas has been holding these young this young core pretty accountable. And I guess maybe it's not. Maybe it's just not resonating. So I don't know. I was looking at Roosh, you know, friend of the show. He's been talking about the possibility of Christian Wood being a real life trade candidate for the Rockets. I wouldn't be surprised with Alper and Sagoon playing so well and them putting at least some dollars into Daniel Tice. We already see it with the emotional breakdown here, him not wanting to go back in the game doing this drama. I don't know. This could be a nice uh, sell opportunity for Christian Wood. I don't know. I'm, I, have, I have Christian Wood on my team right now, so I'm actually exploring some options. Yeah. These, these things, these things never go well, unless you're Kemba Walker and you come back to life, but (laughs) (laughs) this, this doesn't look like it's going to end up uh, great for uh, Christian Wood uh, or the Rockets. Um, A couple guys, I mean, Jalen Green's been hooping recently. 
Yeah. Um, he we we talked about him <laughs> a couple of months ago as a, a guy a guy we might uh, cut bait with. That's not looking smart right now. Um, with KPJ and Christian Wood having their issues, it looks like he's he's the guy who's going to benefit a ton. And uh, KJ Martin looks like a guy that you'll want to pick up as well. He's he played 31 minutes with Christian Wood, not playing in the second half. He's going to possibly step into the starting five as well. However, they do like him off the bench. I was talking to Roosh about that as well. Uh, he's an energy guy off the bench, but he could say he could see 30 plus. And with the Rocks having four games, KJ Martin's definitely got to look at streaming this week. Yeah, I think the Houston Rockets have a couple people. Um, you already mentioned Josh Christopher. Uh, I think David Nawaba also kind of steps in sure. there. He's kind of a do it all kind of kind of Royce O'Neal type of guy uh, yes, that can certainly fill up some stats. Um, but this guy, I saw you scooped him up in our competitive league pretty early before the onslaught. That's Hamadou Diallo. Well, we mentioned him. If you guys listen to the Stretch Four podcast, we use a, a very prominent name that came up when he, whenever given the opportunity, this guy balled out. Um, but I don't think we saw him balling out like this. Uh, the last three games, oh, averaging 31 points, 10 rebounds, three assists, four steals, 58% field goals. He is 28th overall over the last week. I mean, he's like the waiver pickup of the week. And rightfully so. I mean, he's been doing this without Cade Cunningham and, um, several others that are in the protocols for the Pistons, but this guy, there's no way he's returned to the bench after this, right? No. So this is, it's, this is a kind of a key thing to, to, to talk about. I mean, you're talking about a bad Pistons team. You're not talking about a team that's going to make the playoffs. So yeah. why, why would they not see what, what's good with Hamadou Diallo, even when guys like Kate Cunningham, you know, Corey Joseph, Killian Hayes, like these are besides Kate Cunningham, these are all like regular guys. So, so why not keep Diallo in the starting lineup? And in the last five games, he's averaging four steals per game. Four steals per game. The dude is just crazy. And Detroit has, let's see, Detroit has four games this week. So, and everybody remains in the, in the protocol. So the Pistons, we have no idea, you know, on their conditioning levels and stuff. And people, people obviously come back from, from COVID differently. Um, even with the, the, uh, the new protocol now being, what, five or six days instead of 10. Like right. you're still looking at, you're still looking at guys missing a week and, and, you know, a guy like Diallo comes in, steps in and, and does the most with his opportunity. Yeah. He's got some staying power on a bad team for sure. Great point. Yeah. And I, I think you just casually mentioned it, but yeah, the health and safety protocols were updated to follow CDC guidelines. Essentially. Um, now the quarantine period is only six days to, to return to action uh, from 10. So, you know, make sure you guys are paying attention to what the window of which these players are going in and when they may come out, because, other managers could have been dropping people just in a, in a, in earnest just to kind of get a victory. So you might be able to scoop up some value there on the waivers. If people are coming back in a couple of days. So just also, look at the waiver. Speaking of the Pistons, man, this guy's rostered in, in a lot of leagues, but he's also, you know, pretty widely available. Sadiq Bay. Mm-hmm. Uh, he needs, he needs to be rostered too. He's, he's putting up like 20 and 10 in his last four games. Ooh, them Nova cats. You got to You got to just be able to deal with the field goal percentage. He shoots about 36% from the field. He's going to chuck up a bunch of shots, but he's going to get you points, rebounds, and steals and some blocks too. So he's definitely got to look at too with the piss, all the Pistons remaining in the protocol. Yeah, man. Let's let's keep talking about these Wildcats here. We, we bring up a, his, this guy's name a lot, but Jalen Brunson. Uh, just curious about what you think his value is with Luca returning on Sunday. His last seven games, he's been putting up six, sixth round value, delivering 22 points, eight dimes, three rebounds, and a steal and almost two triples over that span. He's in the running for most improved player of the year, along with a guy like Desmond Bain. Like we can't, yeah. we can't just, we can't just ignore what Jalen Brunson's doing. And just because Luca comes back, he's, he hasn't played in a while. 
Uh, Jalen Bronson definitely has some staying power here. I mean, the, the Mavericks essentially have three guys, right, that are gonna that are gonna do things on the offensive end of the floor. That's you know Porzingis, Luca, and uh, and Jalen Brunson at this point. So I don't like him as a sell high. I think I think you keep riding him even when Luca comes back, and you have to temper expectations if you have Luca on Luca when he returns. And, and actually, yeah. Luca yeah. Luca might be the sell high. Right? He might people might be interested in like, oh, Luca's coming back. And if you have Luca, like. You know he he's not he, he's only returned like top seventy five value when he's play, when he, even when he's on the court so you know he might be a guy you might look to look to move because Brunson has sort of filled a void left you know that no Maverick has filled in the last couple of years with Luca being the main main dude. I was looking up a couple couple people on Twitter, some Mavs beat writers, and they were applauding how much Jason Kidd has really gotten the team to get all of the role players more involved in making plays. And when Luca's on the court, no one makes plays, right? It's only Luca that's the main focal point of the offense. So I think Jalen Brunson's really, by him running the point, he's getting other people involved, which is also like good, just good generally for basketball terms. So I don't think there's any reason why Jalen Brunson wouldn't uh, still sustain value even with Luca there. Like I think he's just going to be the guy that's going to be, even if he's not getting on the court with Luca necessarily, he's always going to be running the second unit. So I think he's going to have a lot of staying power here. So does that mean Luca's assist numbers drop when he comes back? Because Jalen Brunson's running the point, hand on the ball more. It could be, yeah. Yeah, we'll see. So yeah, you mentioned uh, you mentioned uh, most improved player. So let's talk about Desmond Bain a little bit. I mean, <laughs> I didn't foresee this kind of a breakout. Um, you know, we've talked about it through, over the course of the last couple of weeks here, but I mean, over the let me just look at the stats real quick. I mean, he's averaging over 16 points a game, shooting 48% from the field, 40% from three, and 90% from the line. He and Patty Mills are the only players shooting 45, 40, and 90 with a minimum of 153-point attempts this season. Just crazy how his ascension this year, and I don't, there's no way that this guy's leaving the, the, uh, the rotation. I mean, DeAnthony Melton was a guy that we, we spoke about a lot earlier in the season, and he just blew right by him. And uh, I think he's the he's the other guard you want to own if you if you have a, Mem- a Memphis Grizzlies player here. Yeah, for sure. And uh, and Kyle Anderson just went in the protocols as well, so that that likely leaves you know that leaves another void in the starting five because because Slow Mo just entered this, the the rotation there. Brandon uh, Clark about to go off. Brandon Clark is about to go off. Get all of your Grizzlies yeah. in order for this upcoming week, as they have five, they're the only team with five games, so. Don't miss out on those guys. But yeah, Desmond Bain, Desmond Bain's a guy that, I mean, every single night you're looking at 20 and three to four three pointers and just, you know, kind of consistent across the board. He's not going to, you know, blow you away in any one category, but doesn't turn the ball over and shoots a pretty high percentage and gets you those three pointers, man. That's what he's doing. I, I nobody expected, you know, I was drafting DeAnthony Melton much, much, you know, ahead of, Desmond Bain and, and it's looking like that that's not the move for this season. Yeah, he's right now, as of five days ago, he was uh plus four thousand to win most improved player. Wow. Um, that's not a bad bet right now. The way that he's playing, he's averaging over twenty-two points over his last seven games, man. He is he is legit. Um, really love Desmond Bain. And yeah, tough. as 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 Coffer just uh just previewed here, the Memphis Grizzlies do have five games next week. So you want to prioritize all of the Memphis Grizzlies that you can uh, because you do have that, that uh, advantage there. And there's quite a few, I mean, with, with slow-mo off the uh, now into the protocols. Yeah. Definitely try to look at people like Brandon Clark, definitely going to get some more minutes. 
Um, Kevin Love, turning back the clock, man. Jesus. 14th overall over the last 14 days, averaging 25 points, 9, 9.4 rebounds, 2.6 assists with some pretty strong shooting splits. Um, he just dropped like 35 and 11 or something like that last game in under 30 minutes. Pretty impressive. Like, I don't, I don't know what to make of it. You know, Darius Garland's obviously out. And unfortunately the Cleveland Cavaliers lost Ricky Rubio for the season. That's going to be a huge blow. Not really sure how they're going to uh, backfill that. They did trade for Rajon Rondo, but I don't know how desirable that is from a fantasy perspective, but uh yeah, what are your thoughts on Kevin Love, man? Can he, not, can he sustain this? Is this? Not, no, this is not sustainable. <laughs> he's, he's, listen, listen to this. Here's a couple. Here's a couple of tidbits on Kevin Love. He's playing a career low of 21 minutes per game. Yeah, he's he's averaging a career high in three pointers made per game, 2.6 per game. That's a career high in 14 seasons for Kevin Love. And and we we used to know Kevin Love as a guy who averaged 25 points a game. Yeah, so that that's insane. He's only averaging 14.4 points a game, but the highest amount of three-pointers made per his career. So he's only shooting threes, essentially. He's an old he's, man now. He just stands yeah. out the three-point line, comes in there, bangs, gets a little boards, then he goes back out to the three-point line. <laughs> and he's shooting 43% from three. That's a career high, too. I love, he's, what, he's, I love yeah. what he's doing, man, but this is, this is absolutely not sustainable. Yeah, he's a sell high just off the strength of like He's, def- like, he's injury-prone, right? Like We don't like to throw around that term loosely, but like he's definitely injury-prone. So I wouldn't be surprised if he just, you know, his calf injury that he just, he was questionable for much of the season last year. And he just never, never actually ended up playing. Um, but the Cleveland yeah, Cavaliers are actually good. So maybe he's more motivated to play, but I don't know. I he's don't essentially, uh, yeah. He's essentially like Rashad Penny. Like he's been hurt like for the last like four years. <laughs> and then all of a sudden Rashad Penny comes onto the scene and wins people, their fantasy football league. And Kevin Love is doing something similar in, in basketball right now. Yeah, I'd sell. That's a sell high, stream sell high to me. Um, yeah, no doubt. That, that's that's yeah, that's why we're here for you. <laughs> um, let's talk about the Thunder a bit. Uh, SGA just went into health and safety protocols on Saturday. Opened up even more playing time for uh, Aaron Wiggins. Um, he's been taking full advantage of these extra minutes. He's only five percent rostered. But what are your thoughts on keeping the stream alive for him in Week Twelve? He a terp, baby. All these terps are coming into the league. This this shows. I tweeted about this. Mark Turgeon, who just got fired by Maryland, fantastic recruiter of talent, but was Jaylen never Smith. able to get the, huh? Yeah, but was never able to get the job done as a coach. So Maryland mm. didn't go far. But you got guys in the league like Aaron Wiggins and Jalen Smith has been balling for the Suns with DeAndre Ayton and JaVale McGee on the sidelines. Uh, Jake Lehman came in and played well for the for the Timberwolves when some of their guys were out. These guys can these guys can ball, and and same things going on with Wiggins right now. He's been putting up. You know, a couple 20-point games for the Thunder with guys out. And like you said, you know, with SGA going back in the protocols, like he, he should be here to stay too. Unfortunately for for him and for fantasy managers, the the Thunder only have three games next week. So he may or may not be a guy that you're you're interested in streaming. I'd probably rather have a Brandon Clark, to be honest. But yeah, you know, what he's been doing has been pretty impressive for the Thunder. Yeah, it's been helpful that uh Josh Giddy was also out, but he is now out of health and safety protocols. So even so, he's starting on Sunday night. So I think Wiggins certainly is going to be valuable, even for those three games that you might have him in there. But again, um, real yeah. quick, this this goes back to the Hamadou Diallo argument. You're talking about talking about Oklahoma City, right? Not a good team. They're going to see what they got. They're young players, even if they're at you know back end second round pick. Because why not? Let's see, yeah. let's see if we can develop this guy. We don't need to be playing you know veterans like Derek Favors and you know things like that. 
Derek Favors. <laughs> I know, right? Buried in the and waiver wire. I thought Isaiah Roby was going to be a sleeper this season. When he starts, he only plays 15 minutes. The front court for the Thunder has just been a wasteland from a fantasy perspective. So, like, so why, does it, why isn't Gold, so Golden State should just send James Wiseman to Oklahoma City? Because James what? Wiseman doesn't have a, a, a he's not going to have a role in Golden State. Like they don't need James Wiseman. It's just he's just not part of what uh, they're doing. You think so? Uh, I think it would be pretty good, man. Uh, like he's training with the guy that is like, I think who told us that Moody that he's 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 training with a Jokic Serbian coach that apparently gave him all the tools to become who he is right now. So like yeah. I think that they're they're probably doing something to uh, make him a better basketball player. I just don't think that they need him right now, but like James Wiseman is way higher ceiling than Kevon Looney. No, I, I, I don't, I don't disagree with that, but yeah, but the war, the Warriors just don't like, the, are they ever going to like work around a center? No, you know what I but, mean? So, but imagine if you actually have a center Christian, that can Christian, do what Christian Wood would look good. Golden state. Yeah. Whew. Yeah. That's interesting. A stretch, like a stretch like that, that that's, I think that's what golden state could really use. Yeah. That's interesting. Uh, let's talk about Golden State. Draymond Green uh, just cleared health and safety protocols, which is good news for Warriors fans and fantasy managers. Not so good news for people that were rostering Otto Porter or Juan T. Um, I had Gary Payton the second. I thought he played very well for me this this week. Uh, racked up a, a good amount of steals. Does his thing, man. He's he's the do it all kind of guy. Um, but I think Otto Porter was the surprise. I think you said it that he wouldn't really be that valuable, but man, he was. Uh, he's looking like the. Like, what was he, the fourth pick in the draft some years ago? Yeah. Something crazy high. Yeah. Georgetown. 3.2 steals and blocks per game in his last five games. So definitely a worthwhile streamer. He had eight dimes, I think, uh, on Saturday night. Man, he's just been playing really well. So I think, you know, obviously he's going to go back to the bench. But I don't know. Maybe you see Draymond Green, these people that have been coming out of protocols, they usually have a little bit of delay coming right back to the court with reconditioning issues. So I think you may get a couple more games out of Otto Porter, but I think he's at least played well enough to pass uh, Bielita on the de- on the, at least in the rotation here, or at least get more minutes. Uh, yeah. He's been playing outstanding. Yeah, for sure. Um, and Jordan Poole is also back um, if you rostered him. Uh, I want to talk about the Pelicans real quick and how good Josh Hart's been. Man, he's just been cooking with uh, Brandon Ingram out with his Achilles injury. Jonas Valachunas is out with health and safety protocols. Zion Williamson still getting fatter and fatter. <laughs> so yeah, there's not really much value out of the Pelicans, but I think it's really in Josh Hart and this dude named Herb Jones, man, th- he's just been, he got six stocks uh, a game ago is uh, splits over the course of the season. He's improved every single month a- out of the season so far um, started out in October, 5.7 points per game was, and then that moved to 6.7, 10.8. Now he's at 14, only one game in January. So small sample size, but He's getting more minutes. That's the important thing. And what we've seen from him is that he's able to contribute across the board. His stocks, man, he's averaging over a steal and a block already as a rookie. And I think he's, he's only going to get better with, with more time. So I think he certainly has some staying power here. Yeah, I, I, I compared Herb Jones to uh, Royce O'Neal. Herb Jones is like way better than what Royce O'Neal can give yeah. you. Like yeah. he's, got, he's, got, he's got scoring potential. Uh, and he's just like, he's getting more, he's getting lots of minutes with, with obviously BI on the sideline too, looking like he's ready to come back, but Zion's going to continue to be out. And why don't you take that back about the Pelicans? not having any value. Jackson Hayes, man. Short term value. Yeah. But with, but Valanchus is still out. He's been out for a little while. Like maybe COVID's affecting him more. You know, you know what I mean? You never know. Yeah. So right. Pelicans have four games. 
like definitely look at Jackson Hayes, even when he comes off the bench and, uh, and uh, Guillermo Aaron Gomez gets a start. Jackson Hayes still plays more minutes. He's going to, sure. and he's going to get, he's going to get you 15 to 17 points, you know, eight, nine boards, a steal and a block. So definitely uh, it, as long as Valanciunas is out this week, give, give uh, Jackson Hayes a look with the Pelicans get four games on the slate. Yeah. Not, not to hate on your boy, Jackson. Just want to go back to Herb real quick. He's only 36% rostered, but this man over the last seven games, 15th overall in Yahoo head to head category leagues, 18, six, two, uh, and two with, uh, 1.3 steals and 2.3 blocks. Jesus, this man in 36 minutes, that's the guy you got to grab right there. Um, but yeah, Jackson Hayes was certainly dominant too. I think he put up what, what 20 points, eight rebounds on Saturday night. So I think he's, I probably choose him over Aaron Gomez. Um, and then I just want to mention a cool stat that happened last week. Uh, time Lord, Robert Williams, Recorded a triple double with five blocks. Ugh. Nothing better than those uh five by four lines there to win you a fantasy uh fantasy week, man. That's that's just beastly. Next up here on Buckets is a segment we call Elite Entries, where I'll dive into the prize pick app to build some entries. Note that at the time of record, there's only four teams available on prize picks, but I'll still give you the best plays that I like based off what's available. So the first play that I have, James Harden over 26 and a half points. He's going up against the Memphis Grizzlies. So James Harden has dropped over 33 points in four straight games. Memphis is allowing 27 and a half points to opposing point guards in their last five games, which is the third most in the NBA over that span. Now, in his last five games versus the Grizzlies, James Harden has been absolutely torching Memphis to the tune of 45.8 points per game. And he had even a couple of 50 point performances in that. So I don't see anyone containing James Harden in this matchup. So I got to take the over, especially with Memphis playing on a front end of a back to back. The next play that I like is Kevin Durant over seven and a half rebounds, also going up against the Memphis Grizzlies. So KD is pulling down an average of 9.2 rebounds over his last five contests. And Memphis has given up 12 rebounds to opposing power forwards, which is fourth most in the NBA over that span. Kyle Anderson recently just went into the health and safety protocols. So that's one less defender for Memphis that will have to check Kevin Durant. And it's been a couple years since Durant has faced the Memphis Grizzlies, but he's averaged seven and a half rebounds versus the Grizzlies in his career and comes into this contest on Monday, averaging 7.9 rebounds over the course of the season. So with one less player in the front court, really like Kevin Durant to go over seven and a half rebounds in this contest. And for my final play, I'm going with Donovan Mitchell under 27 and a half points going up against the New Orleans Pelicans. Now, at time of record, the Pelicans and Jazz matchup is currently sitting with the Pelicans as 10-point dogs. So game script's really going to matter here in this handicap. And Mitchell, he's only averaged 25.1 points per game versus the Pelicans in his career. And he hasn't gone over 27.5 points in three straight contests, including twice this season. Now, the Pelicans, they've been allowing only 20.8 points to opposing shooting guards over the course of the season. And they've been better than any NBA team over the course of the last uh, week, allowing only 15.85 points to opposing shooting guards. So the Pelicans, as bad as they are, they've been really good at guarding against shooting guards. And with this game script looking pretty suspect, I'm going under on Donovan Mitchell's points here. That'll do it for our elite entries. Just to recap, I'm going with James Harden over 26 and a half points, Kevin Durant over seven and a half rebounds, and Donovan Mitchell under 27 and a half points. 
remember to lock in these numbers as fast as you can because these markets do move. And if you haven't already, make sure you download the Prize Picks app on your mobile device, or you can visit prizepicks.com. Use promo code ACTION10, that's A-C-T-I-O-N-1-0, and they will match your first deposit up to $100. With that, let's get back to buckets. So let's get into some schedule talks. Um, we mentioned already that uh, Memphis has, is the only team with five games. We got 18 teams with four games this week and only 11 teams with three games. So nobody has two games. So that, that opens up the waiver pool a bit more for you guys to select some players. Um, so let's get into some guards uh, that we haven't mentioned yet. Um, I think DeAnthony Melton, just by the sheer nature of having five games, I think he could probably be useful for some fantasy rosters on the back end there. Um, Malik Monk is another guy. Uh, Lakers are playing three games, but Malik Monk has been playing really well. Also, low key, uh, four game slate. I like RJ Hampton a bit. Um, he's been kicking it up a notch. Uh, he's got a really good assist to turnover ratio. Still doesn't really give you much from the field goal percentage perspective, but he is filling the stat sheet. So he could be worth a look. Other than Hamadou Diallo, Brandon Clark, and David Nawaba that we mentioned before, are there any other guards or fours that you're looking at? Yeah, so the the Pistons and the Clippers uh, both, in addition to the Grizzlies, obviously they got five games, but the Pistons and the Clippers yeah. both play four games. Um, and I like that they avoid, well, actually the Pistons don't avoid the Wednesday slate of 11 games, but they avoid the Sunday slate of 10 games. So I actually like, I like both the Pistons and the Clippers for your streamers. So obviously Diallo, but for, for the Pistons as well, look at Trey Lyles. Uh, he's a good one. Sadiq Bay we talked about. And then for the Clippers, you're talking, you know, your typical Clippers, uh, Eric Bledsoe, even even a guy like Justice Winslow, honestly, yeah. come off the bench and and uh, he can get you the defensive stats as well. So uh, take a look at some of those guys, too. Yeah. Like a dark horse that I picked up last week was Amir Coffee, And uh, yeah. he surprisingly gives yeah. you some stocks, too, and some threes. Um, so he could be also another another option as the uh, Clippers continue to just cycle through all these forwards to replace uh, Paul George in the lineup. And um I mean, goes without saying, Omar Yurt seven is probably the best center available out there that you need to scoop up immediately if you haven't already. Jackson Hayes, Mason Plumley is another option. Has stone hands, but he can do uh, pretty much everything else uh, besides score uh, efficiently. So um, gross. I hate I hate recommending picking on Mason Plumley. I know, but he he does de- he does give you the defensive stats though, and he does rebound really well. But I agree with you. I just yeah, it's it's hard to get behind uh, someone like that. Yeah. Um, was also um, noticing, so Phoenix only has three games, but JaVale McGee and DeAndre Ayton are both in protocol. So you mentioned Jalen Smith before. He had a pretty good game on, on uh, was it Saturday night? I think he's also a guy that you might want to take a flyer on if you have, um, if those guys are still remain out uh, in the protocols. Yeah, no doubt. Love me some, love me some sticks. That's his nickname from, uh, from back in his uh, high school days, came through Maryland. Uh, definitely, definitely a guy to be looking at the roster. And don't forget about uh, Mo Bamba. Those have been patient with Mo Bamba. He's coming back. Uh, he might have some conditioning issues. He dealt with an ankle injury and was in the COVID protocol. So he hasn't played in quite a while, but he might be a good buy low option, to be honest. Yeah, good point. Yeah. Kyle Guy uh, from Miami. He's kind of a deep, kind of a deep guy. And uh, I mean, we're recording this on Sunday. He plays Sunday and Monday, which is a, a good little double up there. But he's right. only got three games this week. So, so maybe not. Uh, maybe actually not Kyle guy, but um, it, you also it, just in general streamers don't have to necessarily be, you know, guys playing four games or five games. Like no, sometimes you want, sometimes you want to get the back to backs, right? Like, you know, a guy's going to play, you got, you know, a guy's going to start two straight games because somebody's in the protocols. Like 
go scoop that guy up, especially if you have like six or seven transactions in a week. Like just play the back to backs or play the three games and four nights type situations. Yeah, I thought that's always a good that's a good rule of thumb for as you're going into Sunday. Uh, if there's ever a time where you have a player that can play that Sunday, Monday back to back, like you're getting that value by not having to spend a waiver a waiver priority for Monday. You know when the when it resets, do it the week before, and then you get yep. an extra an extra game in there. Yep, no doubt. Also, you may want to consider picking up some Denver Nuggets. Uh, recent news just dropped that Bones Highland, Jeff Green, Monty Morris, and Zeke Naji are all out uh, within health and safety protocols. So you might want to look at Facundo Campazzo. Uh, he dropped 22 points with 12 dimes in 34 minutes on Saturday night. And he's been surprisingly really good over the past week. He's uh, getting 27 minutes per game, averaging 10.7 points, 7.3 assists, three boards, three steals, and a block shooting 50% from the field. So if you're in need of steals and assists, uh, take a look at Composo. And also Jamichael Green has been getting more minutes as well. He got 20 minutes in the last contest and uh, he put together 11 points with seven rebounds and four assists. So those are a couple of guys you might want to target. And if you're really deep in the trenches, maybe you consider Austin Rivers as he saw 33 minutes on Saturday night as well. Um, all right, so that'll do it for this episode of Buckets. Make sure to check out the actionnetwork.com for the fantasy forecast with myself and Joe Delira. We'll, we, we'll sum up what we talked about here on the podcast and also give you some prop angles. Make sure to download the Action Network app to tail our Action Network experts if you guys are making any bets. Uh, make sure to download Prize Picks if you haven't already and uh, check that out. Use promo code ACTION10. That's A C T I O N 1 0. And uh, make sure you follow Koffler and I on Twitter. He's at Adam Koffler. I'm at Dan Titus. If you haven't already, make sure you go to Apple or Spotify. Leave us a review. We'd really appreciate your feedback. We'll see you next time. Peace.